Adam and Eve, they lost what they had by thinking they had to do something to get what they already had. Does that make sense? <laughs> sort of. And I just want to, I, I, I'm going to have a time of communion and we're going to pray. And um, uh, I'll try not to be long with time of fellowship. And I think the fellowship time is really important because um, one of the phrases we use around here is that we're a family on a mission. And whoever's been on a missions trip, as you just heard, you do things together and you're like, oh, we're on a mission together and you do life together. And it's not this individualistic culture that we're so used to, that we actually do it as a family and as a community. And, you know, you're not going to be able to be bestie besties with everyone, but that you actually get to know people and do that together. And so that's the reason why we're going to do these fellowship mornings and uh, why home groups are so important and actually doing life together is so important. And uh, that we actually, yeah, we actually have a time where we um, look at each other in the face and get to know each other and hang out. And um, kids, are, kids are in this morning. So um, there is a parent, there's a speaker in the parents' room now and kids are just welcome to run around, do whatever. And uh, you guys ready? So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your heart. We thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for those testimonies. Yeah, I just thank you that we just want you, Jesus. We want your heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, yeah, so Adam and Eve, they were fully like God. And then the snake comes along and says, do this and you'll become like God. So they did that and they lost the very thing that they already were. So they performed to become something that they already were, which in turn they lost the very thing that they were. And I'd like to propose that sometimes um, we actually, by faith, we actually are praying for things and we're, we're, we're believing for things that we actually already have. And we actually have them in our possession and we actually have them and it's by faith that we actually need to see them outworked in our life, not by faith try and get them. And, and so uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the conviction of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So by faith, we actually bring into reality that which we, are, we actually have in our possession. Because you have everything you need for life and godliness. But we would, we would be honest in saying that maybe we're not fully there in seeing that manifest in, in our world and in our life. Isn't that true? And, um, and so the prayer that Jesus told us to pray was, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't think he told us to pray that prayer so we can do Christian calisthenics for the rest of our life. So we can, you know, just be busy. I think he really told us to pray that prayer because he actually believes that that prayer is possible on earth. And I just want to encourage us this morning that we're going to go to John 17 and we're going to go to... Um, Matthew 26, just kind of two stories and 
in Matthew 17. John 17.3 says this, this is eternal life that you would know God. It doesn't say when you die, you will know God fully. It says this is eternal life. This is Jesus talking. He's saying this is eternal life that you would know God. So either Jesus is lying and we can't know God or he's telling the truth and we can know God on earth. We can know God. We not just know about God, but we can know him. And my prayer, our prayer for this house this year has really been that we would know know, know, know God and make him known, that we would know the Father, that we would know Jesus. We would know Jesus and make him known. And it's very easy to, in church world, right? If I can just be really candid. It's very easy to, uh, I believe in structure and I believe in systems. I believe in river banks that help the river of God flow, right? I believe that there are river banks that are, meant to be in our lives that help the river of God to flow and flow well. Otherwise, it's a torrent or a dam that's going nowhere or a bathtub that you just sit in and it never actually flows, right? So the, 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 the systems and all those things, but the danger is that we create something where the river starts to wor- worship the riverbanks, and the, the, that we've been in church where it's like be on the hamster wheel of church that we're so just doing the riverbanks and we're worshipping the riverbanks as opposed to the riverbanks are there to help the river of God in the direction that it needs to go. Does, does, that, does that make sense? And Matthew 17 is this story, beautiful story of Jesus coming up to the mountain of transfiguration and he takes Peter, James and John with him and he, you know, and it, it's like Moses and Elijah are there. I mean, what even? <laughs> right? So you've got the law, Moses, and you've got the prophet, Elijah, as the representation. And then you've got Jesus. So you have Moses, Jesus, and Elijah. Right? And Peter's like, this is awesome. Let's build some tents. Let's like, let's put some structure around this because that's what we're used to. Let's build a makeshift temple because most, I mean, like just, just put yourself in Peter, James and John's position, right? You go up to the high place, right, on the mountaintop and you're like, this is going to be another great day with Jesus. What are we going to expect? And then poof, all of a sudden Moses and Elijah appears. You're like, oh, this is different. We haven't seen this one before. And you're like, what would you do? You'd be stunned, wouldn't you? Right? These aren't just good stories. This happened. So Jesus is there. He's like as white as white can be. Right? He's, you know, they said no laundry could have made his garment that color. He's glowing. Right? This is like the meeting you don't want to miss, right? Peter, James, and John are probably like, man, I cannot wait to tell everyone about this meeting, right? So Moses appears, Elijah appears. Peter's like, 
Let's build some tents. God says, shut up to Peter, basically, in a nice way. God's like, hush, child, right? <laughs> Who's done that? I've done that many times where I'm like, I think that, and then I, I, I say it, and the Lord's like, I didn't want you to say that. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> right? No, just me. I'm the only one that's ever done that. Okay, cool. No, a few of you, yeah. <laughs> Julie's like, yeah, I have done. <laughs> and God says, I love it because Moses vanishes, Jesus, and Elijah vanishes, and there's just Jesus. And God says, all I want you to do is listen to what my son has to say. Jesus was the fulfillment of the, of the law and the prophets. He fulfilled them, completed them. And, and the, the standard that we now live by and the standard that we have is Jesus. I'd like to propose what ha what's happening right now here in our house is in seed form of the Spirit of God moving in a very, very powerful way. We've seen, we're seeing it in glimpses. And I believe that Jesus wants to do something so profound and we have to be careful not to build tents around something that he's not doing and saying and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because he's the author and perfecter of our faith and he's the only one worth listening to. And he actually said, no longer will you worship in temples and on mountaintops made of human hands but you'll, I'm looking for those that will worship in spirit and in truth, and I'm the temple of God. He said, I'm creating the temple of God made out of living stones. So the building is necessary because it's the riverbank that helps the river flow, but it's not the high point of Christianity. And so that prayer, heaven on earth, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, in as it is in heaven is what we want to see happen and what we really believe the Lord's doing here in, is that this place in our home groups, in our Sunday mornings, in the way we live our life is that we would create a greenhouse where the spirit of God can come and inha inhabit, not visit, inhabit. And I think often... What happens is God begins to move and we want to create tents or like the story in Matthew 26. Let's go there, Matthew 26, verse 7 or verse, verse 6. It says, now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. A woman came to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment and she poured it out on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant saying, why, is, why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. 
So here we have the Spirit of God beginning to move and this woman pours out everything she has on the, on, on the Messiah. She pours out everything she has. She's seeking first, the, it's seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and then all these things get added. It's not add all the things to something and then you'll have the kingdom. It's seek first his ways because his ways are so completely countercultural to the world around us. His ways are so different to the way we do life. His ways are so much higher and so much better. And the kingdom is so different. It is the upside down kingdom. The first will be last. The last will be first. The greatest in the kingdom is a child and a servant. And it's, it's our prayer, as I was praying about this week, I, I, really, I really want us to be so... As a body, as one, as, a, as, a, as individual members of the body, but we are a body. And that we would be giving ourselves as an alabaster offering unto the Lord for him to come and do what he wants to do. And, and as he begins to do that, and he already is, but as he begins to do that, we don't create, we, we need systems and we need all that stuff, but we're not creating tents that would... Keep God in a box that we would actually give ourselves to his presence to be able to allow him to do what he wants to do. And that we would, we would go on the journey of that as a, as a body. And that we would come on Sunday mornings, we'd come into our home groups in our life expecting, expecting by faith to see that manifest. It's by faith that we actually realize I have what everything I need for life and godliness and by faith I'm not asking God to come in that way. I know we use that language but I'm not asking God because he's so distant and wow, oh, we just need you God. No, by faith I have everything I need for life and godliness. By faith I carry the presence of God. By faith I have Everything, I, like the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. So the kingdom of God is inside of me. He's not distant. He's close. The devil's on the outside. God's on the inside, right? So by faith then, I believe he's going to show up because I'm here. And I don't know, you guys are welcome to just come. But <laughs> by faith that we actually then start to see the presence of God manifest in our midst. And if he doesn't show up, let's shut it down and go somewhere else. It's, it's like this, right? Um, Cynthia, just come here for a second. Cynthia, don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you. Cynthia went to, Cynthia and I did year 11 and 12, maybe year 10 together. And Cynthia came to school. So if you ever want any know what I was like at high school, go and see Cynthia, right? I was a different human being. There's $50. You can go back. That's yours. You can keep it, right? Right? Now you can make your way back to your seat. That's fine, right? So Cynthia now has $50. That's yours. God bless you. Go and shout someone lunch or do whatever you want to do with it, right? She has that in her possession. If she walks out of here and there's a bill she needs to pay, I'm using money as an example of a practical uh, analogy to illustrate something spiritual, right? She walks out of here and she's like, oh, God, I don't, I, uh, how are you going to provide for my groceries and my bill? And she's like, God, I just pray that you would provide. And God's like, I've given you everything you need on the inside. 
I've given you, it's in your possession. By faith, I want you to withdraw that and then manifest it in the reality. By faith, hope is the convictions of things. Faith is the convictions of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. And then it goes on, it says, by faith, the worlds were created out of what is unseen. I think it was C.S. Lewis, he said, everything in that realm is superior than everything in this realm. It's, it's not better, it's just superior. It, you're important, don't worry. <laughs> Does that make sense? So you have everything you, you need for life and godliness. And I want to go on this journey. So we're going to take communion. So if I could get maybe Alan and or whoever did the offering buckets, if you could, there's some buckets up, uh, some uh, uh, box up the back there with communion in it. And this is what we're going to do. We're just going to pray. We're going to just spend 10 minutes. We're just going to pray in groups before we go out and, and eat. And I want us to pray. How would you pray if you already had it? How would you pray if if everything you had was here. And I know, I know people say, Liam, oh, it's the kingdom now and not yet. I, I, I get it, I get it. But what I'm saying is, by faith, we would come on a Sunday morning in our home groups, in our lives, in our marriages, in our friendships. This place, this house, would be a house where the presence of God resides and that we would go on the journey of today we get to know Jesus a little bit more than we did yesterday. The analogy I use all the time is I'm married to my wife. I'm not becoming more married. I can't. It's impossible. You're not becoming more born again. You can't. It's impossible. What you can do is learn how to outwork your born again nature and the journey and you grow in awareness of the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside you, and then you manifest that. I'm not becoming more married to my wife. I'm learning how to have a good marriage. And I'm telling you, 12 years married, it's better and better every day. It's not getting worse and worse. It's getting better and better, right? And the same with Jesus. The marriage is getting better and better. It's not getting worse and worse. It's getting better and better. Why? Because every day I get to discover a different side and a new nature of his presence. It doesn't come by coming to church. It comes by encountering the Father face to face and knowing God. And it comes by being in fellowship and being a body that is united and continuing going, all right, God, you've done that. Thank you that you poured out your spirit. Thank you that Jesus is now the one that I listen to. Thank you that by, by I'm following your voice and as strangers I'm not following. Thank you that I have everything I need for life and godliness. Father, I, you know everything I need. And I'm asking you for these things. I'm asking you for miracles and healings to break out. I'm asking you to manifest, but I know that you want to do these things because you taught us to pray 
on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven, what does heaven look like? Oh, it looks like Jesus, right? So I need to get a better picture of Jesus so that by faith, those things, that your presence can be housed here in this home, in this house, that you don't just visit, but you inhabit the praises of your people, that people be set free, they'd be delivered, that encounter your face, that encounter your glory, that encounter you, Jesus. And I thank you that it's your desire to manifest yourself here. And so God, whatever is hindering that, whatever is in the way of that, please remove it. Help any unbelief right now. But I just want to see you more clearly so that you can manifest here and we can co-labor together to see the kingdom of God advance and see the kingdom of God be given to you because that's what you paid a price for. That's what you want to inhabit and establish here on earth as it is in heaven. That's how we begin to pray. It's not, oh God, I'm begging you and God, I'm so desperate. No, I'm not desperate. Desperation is showing me there's a lack. I get, I get the there's more and I'm content. I get it. I'm not desperate. I'm hungry. Because desperation is a lack and there's not a lack in the kingdom. All right. You can keep that money, by the way, Cynthia. That's yours. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 7, or Mark 7, it's Mark 7. It says that the word of God becomes null and void because of the traditions of man. You can quench the Holy Spirit and you can grieve the Holy Spirit. But when we keep our eyes fixed on him, we'll be all right. When we listen to him, we'll be okay. This isn't a guilt or shame thing. This is a, hey, there's more. And let's, let's do this together. Let's go on this journey together. God's doing special. What do we say? Ten people, nine people saved on the streets in the last month or so. You know, God's doing stuff and people getting healed here and there's awesome stuff happening. And there is more. And there is a hunger. And I know words, sometimes uh, words can be to try and find language for something is challenging. I, I get that. I, I get that, you know, um, we have our own language and we, we're trying to find language for things. But I, I, really, I really believe that we've got to be careful not to create more tents around the presence of God and actually allow him to be him. And then when we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, those things begin to flow. But that we would not that we would not quench or squash something for the sake of comfortability. And um, yeah, 